Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. My name's Colin, and I've been the youth coordinator here for the past four years. And uh, this is a really surreal moment for me. I just feel the time has just gone by so quickly. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful to be able to be here, to have the honor to be able to share with you uh, for my last time on Crosspoint staff, to be able to share the message that I've been preparing. Um, It's just been a crazy emotional journey. There's been so many emotions that I've been going through um, over this past little season here. There's been plenty of excitement. Uh, there's been lots of sadness, uh, there's been anxiety, there's been bits of worry, there's been times of rejoicing, and then there's been times of reflection. But uh, yeah, I'm just beyond grateful for you guys and just this time that I have to be able to share with you. Um, when I was putting this message together, I was thinking like, what should I talk about for my last sermon at Crosspoint? And I mean, there was all sorts of ideas that were going through my head, but this one I managed to put together. And um, let's just say like throughout this past few weeks here, past month, uh, it was a bit of a challenge putting it together, you know, just going, you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, like I had said. Um, But this message that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, I just want to share that I haven't figured this all out, this encouragement that I want to share with you this morning. This is something that I'm in the journey with you together on uh, as we talk about it. So with that being said, this morning, I'm going to be talking about anxiety, anxiety. So when I talk about anxiety, I want to ask you this question this morning. What in your life brings you anxiety? What in your life brings you anxiety? Is it your finances? Is it your careers? Is it your schooling? Is it your current romantic relationship or maybe lack thereof? What is it that brings you worry in your life? Maybe it's worry about the future, or maybe it's a mistake that you've made in the past, or maybe there's a secret sin in your life that you're just hoping that nobody ever finds out about. You know, maybe it's worry about your kids and your kids' future, or maybe it's worry about your health or the health of a family member. Whatever causes your anxiety this morning, I feel that the feeling of anxiety is something that we can all relate to. You know, for some of us, it shows itself in different ways in our lives. Uh, For some of us, it might just be circumstantial. You know, like a stressful situation comes up and you experience a wave of anxiety and then it goes away. But for some of you here today, anxiety is much more than that. It's a paralyzing reality that makes it hard to even get through the day. There's that feeling of dread, that feeling of impending doom that causes you to be worried about endless possibilities and realities that maybe aren't even actually occurring in your current circumstance. You know, the reality of anxiety is that it's all too common for us. And the problem with anxiety in our lives is it's actually contrary to what God wants for us. You know, God's desire for us is not to be living in anxiety, not to be worrying about tomorrow or our situations. But rather, God, he desires for us to live in peace, trusting in the fact that he is in control. Jesus says these words in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 27. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, 
do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? You know, no matter our situation, God calls us to not be anxious and to not worry. But here's the thing. There's probably some of you that are sitting here today and you're thinking, Colin, that sounds really nice. God doesn't want us to be anxious. God desires that for us. That sounds really nice. But here's the problem. I'm still anxious. This morning, as I'm sharing through this and as I'm giving this encouragement, I want to just let you know, I'm not trying to minimize people's situations who are actually diagnosed with anxiety, nor am I trying to give a simple solution to people's anxiety that is far from an easy fix. But my heart for us this morning is for us to be encouraged to maybe look at our anxiety, look at our worry, and look at our situations maybe just a little bit different this morning. You know, we're on this journey together, and for myself, I'm speaking from my own brokenness. You know, right now, Kelly and I, as you know, um, we're on, in the midst of a transition. Uh, we're leaving what's familiar. We're leaving our family. We're leaving our friends. We're leaving our church. And we're moving to a province with extra-provincial tax. <laughs> Lower wages, higher insurance payments, and overall, a higher cost of living. It would be an understatement to say that throughout this process, we're feeling a little bit anxious. You know, it's so easy for us to go to the place of, how are we actually going to pay the bills? Or who are we gonna hang out with there? Will this strain our marriage because of the move? You know, how is this gonna impact the future plans that we thought we had before we chose to actually go there? Will we be able to afford groceries? Or even like, are people actually going to like us? <laughs> Thanks. But the, you know, the list goes on. But can anyone relate to this? You know, when making a big decision in your life, you know, whether it's a major move, a new relationship, maybe it's starting a new job or starting a new venture of education. You know, rather than going to a place of excitement for these big decisions that we're making, I find oftentimes we can tend to go to this place of worry and this place of anxiety. You know, we go to a place where we start asking these questions like, what if blank happens, you can fill that in. Or like, what if we fail? Or is this actually what God has for us? Is God actually there for us? You know, the truth is, is like we said, God does not desire for us to live in that place. But if this is the case, how are we actually supposed to respond to the anxiety and the worries that we find in our lives? You know, the main passage that I want to read uh, for us today is written by this guy named Paul in the book of Philippians. If you've been here for a while, you know I like to refer to Paul quite a bit. So I'm just going to be reading this short scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. And this is what Paul says, starting at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Not your finances, not your kids, not your health. This is not what Paul's saying. I'm adding this in. Not your move to another province. Not your fear of the future. Do not be anxious about anything. But Paul, I'm still anxious. Now what? But Paul says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
And this is the word of God this morning. Let's pray together. Um, Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are. And Jesus, I just uh, thank you again for this opportunity to share. And God, it's been quite the process putting this thing together. So I just pray that you just speak through me. Holy Spirit, I just pray for our hearts to be receptive to what you want us to take away from this. Um, God, I just know that there's people that are sitting in this room that are dealing with anxiety at a variety of different levels. Uh, they're facing different situations in their lives. Uh, God, I just pray uh, that you meet them in that place. Uh, Holy Spirit, you're the ultimate communicator. So I just pray that you speak past anything that I'm humanly able to. So just be with us and just, uh, yeah, speak to us. And I pray this in your name. Amen. So based on the passage that we just read, what I want to do is I just want to give three responses that Paul suggests in the text that we could give in response to our anxiety. And the first one is this, pray. The first one Paul says is to pray. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds kind of cliche, you know, typical Christian response, just pray about it. But Paul does say in this passage, in every situation with prayer and petition, and although it might sound a little cliche, you know, typical Christian answer, I think sometimes we overlook the importance and the power of prayer in our lives. You know, so why should we pray? You know, the reason we pray is because when we pray, one of the reasons anyways, is when we pray to God, we take our eyes and our hearts off our stressful situation, and we take a moment to be able to enter into a present moment with God. You know, prayers, it can seem like we're just speaking these words out to God, like some sort of incantation or speaking out words into the universe, as New Age people would say. But I want to suggest this morning that Paul would say that there's so much more to prayer than that. You know, prayer is not just about talking to God. It's about actually being with God. You know, here's the thing. With our worry, with our anxiety, we're not often thinking about things that are in the present moment, but we're thinking about things that are yet to come, things that are in the future. Often we're thinking of things where we don't know what to expect. We have anxiety and we have worry about the unknown. You know, will my, family's, uh, or will my family member's health be okay? Or will my new business venture actually take off? Will I pass my major exam coming up that's really important to my education? Or will I be able to find a spouse? All of these things are often outcomes that we can't possibly control in the moment. And the thing is, is that for us as finite beings, we don't know what the future holds, but for us as Christians, we do know who holds the future. And the reason that we should pray is because God actually cares about our anxieties. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, when I was in Bible college, I had this professor who used to always express how much he hated the statement, I guess all we can do is pray. I guess all we can do is pray. I know I've said that. And I think the reason that he hated that statement so much is because he actually had such a high view of prayer. And that really stuck with me because honestly, like I said, sometimes that's how I respond when difficult situ situations come up. You know, when a difficult situation comes up for me, I'll be honest, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll try to just fix it in my own human strength, or I'll choose to just worry about it. It's like an automatic response. You know, for me, when something comes up, I'll admit my first response isn't always to pray. Sometimes it might be one of the last things I do. It's like, okay, I'll try to figure it out, and then I'll pray at the end and just kind of hope for the best. But here's the thing, for us as Christians, prayer is not just something that we do as some sort of ritual or just something we do for the sake of doing it, but it actually should be the driving force behind all that we do. You know, in the process of Kelly and I moving and uh, 
choosing to go to Surrey and join at Village Church, uh, there's been quite a bit of anxiety throughout the entire process. Uh, when we were offered the position in Surrey, that's when things got, all of a sudden got really real. You know, what was once an idea of us possibly going was soon becoming a possible reality. And we were at a crossroads as to what we should do. And for me, as an anxious person already, this did tip me over the edge a little bit. You know, we were thinking like, is this the right decision that we should be making? Should we stay or should we go? And like I said, the reality is, is that there was anxiety about leaving our family, leaving our friends. There was anxiety about finances. And the anxiety of, is this decision ultimately going to destroy us in the end? I'll let you know that this situation, with all the anxiety, with all the worry, it's brought Kelly and I together the most to pray, probably than we have been our entire relationship. You know, every night we were praying, we were asking, like, God, what should we do about this? Is this something that we should step forward in? Uh, back in May, Kelly and I, when we, uh, before we decided to accept the offer, we went down to Surrey. Uh, we wanted to spend some time praying there, spending time with people, discerning if this is what God had for us. And when we first arrived, we were going for breakfast uh, with Kelly's sister. And uh, I was praying for God just to kind of give us signs or to give us clues if this is something that we're supposed to do. I should give a little bit of a side note. Oftentimes for me in my life, I know it's different for different people. But for me, I often find that God will speak to me through other people, like just right at the right time. Like someone will come up and they'll just give like a confirmation or encouragement and they'll speak right into my life. So what happened was we were, going for, uh, we were going for breakfast and like the line was too long. So we decided to go put our name down and then there was a coffee shop uh, right next door that we were going to go hang out at for a bit just to be able to hang out until we got the call that our table was ready. So we go over to this coffee shop and I walk in and lo and behold, there's a familiar face of someone that I had seen before sitting there. It was a guy named Ben. I don't know if you know who Ben is, but for me, I just finished taking the youth through Youth Alpha for the past number of weeks and he's one of the guys that was in the video. So this guy, he very friendly looking guy. So I went up to him and I talked to him as if I knew the guy and I was like, oh, hey, Ben, how are you doing? And uh, I remember he looked at me, just kind of giving me a funny look, just like, have we met before? And I was like, no, 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 no. I just, like, I work with youth. I just took the youth through Youth Alpha. So, I, like, I see your face all the time. I just feel like I know you. So he, he was super friendly. He's like, oh, cool, right on. So he came over. He memorized our names. He was spending time with us. And we chatted about so many different things for the next, like, 15, 20 minutes. And I remember, like, you can tell he evidently loved Jesus. He was just, like, super encouraging. And I ended up sharing with him the situation that we were in about how we were trying to make a decision as to whether or not we should make this move. And I remember he gave me an insight and an encouragement that was so timely. And this is what he shared with me. He had said, when you're making a decision, or if you're worried about making a decision, follow the instructions of Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6. Some of you have that passage memorized because you remember doing it like as a song, like in Sunday school. That's what goes through my head whenever I think it. I'm not going to sing it for you, but this is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So essentially from this, what he was trying to encourage us with is that when we're making this decision, the fact is, is that we're acknowledging him. We're spending time with him, and the main way that we were doing that was by prayer. So long story short, like, I mean, like, we continued to stay. We met with different people. We prayed. We were discerning through this process. And eventually, we did have an answer. God made it abundantly clear. We had a sense of his peace and his presence to be able to move forward with this. And we knew God was leading us. Because here's the thing. Prayer for us, it's not just this to-do list that we give to God. It's not just this laundry list of prayers that we give. 
but it's a posture of acknowledging him and seeking his presence and actually going to the one that can actually give us guidance, hope, and ultimately his peace and the direction that he's leading us in. So Crosspoint, I want to ask you the question this morning. What do you need to pray and petition about to God today? I want to encourage you that God does care. He hears your prayers and he desires you to bring your anxieties to him as your heavenly father. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it's just so crazy. One of the things that was difficult about making the decision, like you're always thinking like, we need to have a place. We need to be able to, Kelly, to be able to find work. And it's super cool. We've been praying for uh, a season two. We're like, God, we want a job for Kelly. And actually just recently, just a few weeks ago, Kelly got a job, no interview needed. God just provided her a job out in Surrey. So I mean, like just the importance of prayer is that when you bring these things to him, like God does care. He's your heavenly father. He wants to provide for you and he wants to be able to lead you into good things. So with that being said, here's the thing. You know, oftentimes we have many anxieties and worries that we bring to God. We get concerned about things and we go to God and that's okay. But we often forget the good things that God has done for us already. So the second response that we can have when facing our anxiety in life is thanking. You know, Paul in the scripture, he calls the church to not only pray and petition to God, but to do it with thanksgiving. Why be thankful? You know, I think Paul understood that there's power in having an attitude of gratitude. Uh, when I was in Teen Challenge, uh, if you don't know what Teen Challenge is, it's like this faith-based treatment center for guys going through addiction. And um, I remember there's a staff member that used to say to me all the time, expect nothing, be grateful for everything. Expect nothing, be grateful for everything. And when we were in this program, like Teen Challenge, it was a great program, don't get me wrong, but man, was there a lot of rules. Oh man, um, whether it be no reading magazines when you're at the doctor's office, I did that, I got disciplined for that. Um, no eating snacks in your dorm, got disciplined for that. Um, <laughs> not talking to females when you're on an outing, like because like you weren't allowed to talk to females at all when you're in the program, so like if a female came up to you and talked to you when you're at a church outing, you were really socially awkward and you didn't know what to say. And you were just kind of like, uh, I can't talk to you. And then you'd walk away as fast as you can because you knew you'd get discipline. I didn't get discipline for that one though. And I remember, uh, yeah. And then another one, um, yeah, well anyways, yeah, I'll go back to that. But it, uh, when I was in the program, I remember like the stack of rules, like they had this rule book that you had to read through when you first got into the program. And that was probably the most daunting book that I had to read through because I was thinking there's no way that actually I can't like break these rules on a daily basis. There was this one time where um, I was playing guitar in the chapel. I know how to just play maybe a few songs. And uh, I was playing guitar and I was playing Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. I don't know if there's any Metallica fans in here. I wasn't singing the lyrics. I wasn't playing the actual song. I was just playing on acoustic. And I remember I was sitting there and then um, all of a sudden there's a staff member named Dave. If you were gonna get a ticket, it was from Dave. And I remember he was walking up to the chapel and he like peeps his head into the room and he's like, hey Colin, is that song I hear secular? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> I didn't want to lie. I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to write you up for that one. See you at a uh, discipline board. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So I remember I was so upset. And I mean, like, okay, so I should explain what discipline is. So basically, like, if you broke these rules, you'd go on something called discipline. So on Mondays, you'd sit down and they'd lay out all the tickets that you got from the week. And basically, they would decide how much discipline that you were going to get for all the rules that you just broke. So I remember I was, um, uh, like I, uh, 
<laughs> it's so funny, I just lost my place completely. I completely lost my place. I had too many tickets. Yeah, no, I had too many tickets. But anyways, yeah, so like I'll continue talking about discipline. So like you'd go there and you have your tickets. And basically for discipline, what would happen is that like you would, uh, this is what discipline would look like. If you were on discipline, this is what your life looked like at Teen Challenge. There was no coffee in the mornings. There was no seconds at mealtime. You couldn't call home to your family. So if my parents didn't hear from me for a few weeks, they're like, oh, he must be on discipline again. Um, you weren't allowed to watch movies when we had movie night on Fridays. And the thing with Teen Challenge is during your schedule, you'd get one hour of free time every day. And if you were on discipline, during that one hour of free time, uh, what would happen is that you'd be chopping firewood. So let's just say discipline was not fun to be on. So anyway, so like you'd be on discipline, you'd have your rights taken away and like you'd be all miserable and I remember I'd be all upset. And then Martin would pop out one of the staff members and be like, expect nothing, be grateful for everything. Whatever, Martin. <laughs> like, really? Like, I mean, like, I was just so irritated. I'm like, I'm a grown man. What about my rights? I should be able to have my coffee in the morning. I don't care if I went to a pawn shop that I wasn't supposed to or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so I remember I got really annoyed. But then he would say this phrase all the time, expect nothing, be grateful for everything. And after a while, I remember I actually thought, maybe I should actually put this into practice. So what I did was, is like when we were in Teen Challenge, we'd wake up in the morning and we'd be in the chapel for like 5 a.m. and we'd do our devotions. And what I started to do is that I started to actually write a list of things that I was thankful for. And at first it seemed a little trivial. It's like, this is kind of weird. Like, is it just one of those weird like things that they tell you to do? I don't know. Like you, you just wonder if there's going to be any value in actually doing this. So remember, I was writing this list of things that I was thankful for. And at first it seemed trivial, but the, after a while, after doing this actually for a few weeks, I did notice that my focus started to shift. You know, although I was really annoyed and frustrated about having to live with four guys in my dorm, not being able to make my phone calls, not being able to watch movies, and spending a lot of my extra time chopping firewood, I actually started to think about things in my life that I was actually grateful for. For example, for the first time in a long time, I was able to wake up in the morning and not have the most severe heroin withdrawals and needing to use just to be able to get through the day. I remember um, my family, my family was being restored. I'd be able to call home and no longer is it what is Colin up to or what trouble has Colin gotten into this time. But my family was actually able to hear from the real Colin again. I was actually getting my health back. I was starting to look more like myself. I was feeling close to God. I was experiencing salvation. And some of you remember when I was in Teen Challenge, I was so thankful that I had my Crosspoint family to be able to cheer me on from back home. I was living my a new life that God had given me. I was able to eat three meals a day. I had a place to sleep. And at the very least, I was spending rehab in Kelowna. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. But here's the thing, when I started to do that, my shift went from my frustrations to realizing how God was actually blessing me so much in my life. So not only did it take my focus off my anxieties, off my worries, off my annoyances, but it brought me to a place of actually realizing that God was doing stuff in my life and that he was showing his love to me in many different ways, even when I was on discipline. So for Paul, he made it clear that although there are things in life that bring us anxiety, you know, there's these things that bring us worry in life, there is so much more that we should be thankful for. 
You know, one of my professors from school, one of the things that she used to teach us all the time is that the, the Bible and the scriptures are full of like these principles that are actually like psychological truths. And expressing gratitude is actually one of them. And as I was preparing this sermon, I was looking it up, and uh, studies have shown simply by expressing thankfulness on a regular basis, it actually impacts our sleep. It impacts our energy. It impacts our vitality. It impacts the way we think. It actually adjusts how your brain is wired, like there's new connections that are being made. It reduces pain levels. And for the sake of this sermon and this illustration, it reduces anxiety. So being grateful, it's not just this mantra, this placebo effect that we try to do, but rather it actually impacts our minds and the way it functions. So Crosspoint, what would it look like if we became people that were always willing to express gratitude for God or for what God has done? You know, so as we move to two services, there can be a lot of anxiety deciding which volunteer opportunity to jump into. Um, maybe it's anxiety deciding what service to attend. There could be a worry of maybe I'm not going to see my friends during the Sunday morning gathering. Um, maybe you're, there's worry about Crosspoint losing that intimate family feel that you've experienced here before. But what would it look like instead of having anxiety and worry about these things, we express gratitude to God for the fact that we actually need two services. You know, the fact that Crosspoint is growing, that people are coming to know Jesus, and the fact that then, you know, the next-gen ministries are growing, new leaders are being raised up. And for some of us here this morning, we remember that we no longer have to pull a truck and trailer and set up and tear down anymore. Praise God. That, that's good. Get a few, yeah, a few people know. A few people get it. I know my dad for sure does. Um, you know, there's so much to be thankful for today. And I believe what Paul would desire for the church today is for us to be thankful for everything that God has done. So when we express gratitude to God, it takes, us the, it takes the focus off of our situation and it places it on God's goodness. And when that happens, our view of God changes. You know, we understand that he has us more than we realize and it helps us to remember that he has done so much more than we realize. You know, that creates a sense of trust with him and it, for us to be able to give our anxieties completely to him. So the third response that I wanted to share with you is exchange. This is the third way that we could respond to our anxiety and the worry that's in our life. You know, the last response that Paul gives is to exchange. You know, when we've spent time with God in prayer, when we have thanked him for what he has done, we can exchange our anxieties and our life, our worries and our doubts for his peace that transcends all understanding. You know, Paul says something really interesting in this passage. He says to pr present a request to God, and then he says, and, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the exchange that takes place. You know, um, this exchange in a way becomes, or it comes in a form of surrender. And it's hard for us to grasp onto something when we're holding on to other things. You know, for me and Kelly, stepping into this new journey, going to Surrey, um, like I said, we're going to a place with a higher cost of living, that whole list that I gave you. You know, we are so excited for this journey. But although we are excited to go somewhere, it's also hard leaving somewhere. You know, but here's the thing is the problem is, is that we can't have both places at the same time. You know, we can't have the comforts of home, the presence of our old community, the joys of Edmonton, the things that we love about our current situation, but at the same time, hold on to the new things that God's giving us in Surrey. You know, for Kelly and I, there's an exchange that's taking place. We're letting go of one thing and we're holding on to something else. 
you know, we're letting go of many blessings that God has given us here in Edmonton in order to grab onto the new opportunities that he has for us and this new adventure that we have together. And in this passage, Paul's saying that there's an exchange that needs to take place. We exchange our anxiety for his peace. You know, our anxiety about work, our education, our finances. Maybe it's conflict that you're experiencing in your life. Maybe it's health issues that you're experiencing. And various life circumstances are meant to be released for his peace to be embraced. Now, I don't know if you relate to me on this, but the thing is for me and my anxiety, it's actually really hard for me to let go of it sometimes. And the reason for this is because anxiety for me is often the one thing that I can kind of control in my life and in those situations. And I know that sounds kind of ironic because the feeling of anxiety is actually a feeling of not being in control. But when circumstances come up, I naturally go to a place of worry because I feel that my worry is actually doing something about the situation. I don't know if you can relate to that this morning. You know, like sometimes when I worry and I'm like anxious about something, I feel like that's my way of showing that I actually care about what's going on. But Paul, he calls us to not be anxious no matter what the situation is and to let go. And as I was preparing this message, like, I mean, there was a main idea that I want to share with you this morning. So like Paul calls us to pray, to thank, to exchange. But also I feel like there's a main idea about turning our worry into wonder. Turning our worry into wonder and God calling us to that. You know, when you're feeling anxious about your situation, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling worried or in over your head, I think one of the things that Paul is saying that our worry should be turned into wonder. Now, before I expound on what I actually mean by this and how I've processed through this, I want to ask you the question. What is it in your life that gives you a sense of awe and wonder? What is it in your life that gives you that sense of mystery? You know, for maybe for some of you, it's a favorite film that you watched growing up. And you can think of that movie right away as I'm saying that. Maybe it's some comic books that you read growing up. Or maybe it's a certain place that you'd love to travel to. Maybe it's somewhere that you travel to as a child. For me, when it comes to having a sense of awe and wonder in my life, I love nature. You know, nature, it brings me to that sense of awe and wonder. You know, I love watching those Planet Earth TV shows on Netflix. Kelly and I will watch them together. Does anybody else watch those? There's not very many. Oh, man. <laughs> I highly recommend you check it out. There's like, the, there's like the new series called Planet Earth 2. It's that much better than the first one. It's so good. But I love watching it, and I love seeing the complexity of God's creation. It's amazing to see what, God's, what God has created and how unbelievably creative our God is. But I also love the stars. You know, when, when I'm out somewhere and I can see the stars, I don't know if you're like me, but I can just stare at them for hours. You know, I love being mesmerized by them. You know, when I look at the stars, sometimes I contemplate about life. I think, maybe, God, did you create other life out there? You know, sometimes I ponder, like, just think about, like, the origins of our existence. I just go really deep all of a sudden. But I just think about how small we are in comparison to the rest of the universe. But there are some times when I look at the stars and I actually don't think about anything. I'm just in a sense of awe. I'm awestruck by the beauty of all of it. And like my life, my circumstances, my fears, and my worries all of a sudden seem to disappear, even if it's just for a moment. They disappear because I connect with something that's transcendent, something bigger than myself. And all of a sudden, when I look at my problems or think about my problems, they don't seem so big to me. That feeling of awe and wonder, can you relate to this? 
You know, as I was preparing this sermon and as I was reflecting on this passage, I often think about how often, myself anyways, I lose that sense of awe and wonder about God himself. You know, when it comes to my anxieties, my worries, and my stressful circumstances, I often lose sight of the God that's so much bigger, so much more powerful, and so much more worth my time than my worry and my anxiety. And Paul, in this passage, I think he understood something to be true. Regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in life, no matter how difficult things get, we can, ex- we can experience a peace that evokes a sense of, sense of wonder about God, the God who's actually present with us. Because here's the thing, is the peace is not only just a peace from God, but it's actually the peace of God himself. And we can be in wonder of the presence of God in our lives. You know, we don't have our anxieties taken away just for the sake of our own comfort, but we actually experience the presence of God himself. You know, there's a passage that, uh, uh, the words of Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 27, and this is what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give... or I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So when we come to God and when we experience him in a deeper way, we don't become ignorant of our suffering. We're not in denial of the things that are going on in our lives, but we're able to embrace God in a way that gives us a sense of confidence and security knowing that he's with us, a peace knowing that he's got a hold of us and nothing can shake that. You know, if you're new to church here this morning and you're thinking, like, who's this Paul guy? Maybe he just hasn't really lived life. He doesn't understand how hard life really is. Sounds like a choir boy. I don't know. But Paul, when you're, uh, the thing with Paul is that he wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, at the Philippians. And when we look at the life of Paul and his ministry, he became a Christian. He was spreading the gospel and just planting churches. And he was very much just wanting to be on mission for Jesus. But he actually went through a lot of suffering in the midst of all the work that he was doing. Uh, Paul, he had been beaten multiple times. He had been flogged. He had been shipwrecked. He got bitten by a snake once. He was arrested. He was interrogated. He was accused in many lawsuits. And when he was actually writing this letter saying, do not be anxious about anything, he was actually locked up in prison, not being sure what the fate of his life would actually be. But here's the thing, is that Paul knew that his life was ultimately radically changed because he came to know Jesus. And because he knew Jesus, he knew that his life was in his hands. And he was brought to a sense of wonder about the God of the universe. You know, he knew he didn't have to be anxious about the sins of his past, nor the destiny of his future. But rather, whether he lived or died, he knew that he belonged to Jesus, and for him, that was enough. Um, There's a passage that he wrote in the book of Romans, and this is what he says in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39, starting at verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So cross point. What would it look like if we gained more of a sense of wonder about God? You know, when we look at the God that we worship, the God that brings us all here this morning, we believe in a God that spoke the universe into existence. You know, when we look at the stars, or when we look at creation, or if you choose to be like me and binge watch the Planet Earth series on Netflix, we see the handiwork of God himself. 
You know, when we look at the miracles that God has done in Scripture, we see that our God is a God of the impossible. You know, when we look at Jesus, we see a response from God, you know, due to our own brokenness and due to our own sin. He came down to earth in the form of a man, fully God and fully human. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, he lived among us, he taught us, he loved us, he performed miracles, and he was willing to die the most brutal death imaginable in order to pay for the sins that he knew that you would commit. When he was hanging up on that cross, he was thinking of you and he was thinking of me. But here's the thing is that Jesus didn't just die. Jesus, he actually rose again. And because of the work that he did, we can experience new life in him. So for us at Crosspoint, I know for many of us, we've experienced that new life in many different ways. Um, we've experienced a sense of meaning and purpose that we're only able to find in Jesus. You know, many of us, we've experienced freedom from addiction. We've experienced hope in the midst of our suffering. We've experienced life-giving community. We've experienced restored marriages. The list goes on. But the problem is, is how often have we experienced those things and then yet easily forget? And we lose our sense of awe and wonder about God. You know, God, he ends up doing these miraculous things in our lives, yet we easily forget, we lose sight of him, and then we get caught up in the worries and the anxieties of everyday life. You know, Crosspoint, as you enter into this new season, adding a second service, there's going to be changes happening in the youth ministry. People are going to be experiencing changes individually and collectively. When we experience anxiety and worry, and when those things come up, I want to encourage all of us to regain a sense of wonder about God, to spend in time in prayer with him, to remember all that he's done, all the great things that he's done, and thank him for it. And ultimately exchange our anxieties for a sense of wonder for the God who will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, like I had mentioned in the beginning, when we have anxiety in our lives, we, uh, our tendency is to worry about the future and to have these worries and anxieties. But like God does not desire that for us. Because Jesus, when he came down to earth, he came to give us not just a mediocre life, but an abundant life. A life that's full of wonder, risk, adventure, a life that's sometimes dangerous, but ultimately a life that's focused around him. There's a quote that I just wanted to read before I close off here. And um, there's a book that I read when I was in Bible college. It's called Dangerous Wonder. It's by this guy named Mike Iaconelli. He's this old youth worker guy. And uh, an amazing book. I highly recommend you pick it up. Um, just very much about evoking that childlike sense of wonder about God that we often lose um, in our Christian faith. And this is what he says. I want a lifetime of holy moments. Every day, I want to be in dangerous proximity to Jesus. I long for a life that explodes with meaning and is filled with adventure, wonder, and danger. I long for a faith that is gloriously treacherous. I want to be with Jesus, not knowing whether I should cry or laugh. So in closing, Crosspoint, I want to encourage you to keep seeking after the Jesus who is alive and well today. I want to encourage you to keep seeking after the Jesus who is not ignorant of the anxieties and worries that is in your life. I want to encourage you to keep seeking after the Jesus who, will able, or who is able to bring you peace in every season of life. I want you to keep seeking after the Jesus who desires you to know him in a deeper way. And to encourage you to keep seeking after the Jesus who has transformed your lives and will continue to transform the lives of others. 
Crosspoint, I want to say thank you for reintroducing me to Jesus when I was at the worst points in my life. I was thinking about it, it was about seven years ago when Rob took me out for coffee. I was coming down from using drugs the night before. And I remember he said to me, he's like, Colin, we're going to love you through this. We're going to see you through. We're going to get you plugged into community. And I remember it was one of the first times that I ever experienced the gospel in such a way from a church leader. I mean, it's been a crazy process, but I'm so incredibly thankful for who you've been to me, who you've been to my wife, and just supporting us as we enter into this new season of life and ministry together. So Crosspoint, I just want to say that I love you all sincerely so much. You will always be my home church. And I'm just so excited to hear and see how the God of wonder does amazing things in you and through you. I just want to close off in prayer. Uh, Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for the fact that you are not a distant, far-off God. I thank you that rather us having to try to reach you, you actually came down to earth to reach us. I thank you that you are the center of this church community and that you have amazing plans for it. I pray for all of us as we enter into these ever-changing seasons of life. I pray for our worries and our anxieties. I pray for them to be able to fall away, not just for the sake of our own comfort, God, but for the sake of knowing that you are with us. God, you are a God of wonder. And I ask that you help us to never lose that sense of wonder in our lives, that sense of awe, that childlike faith. I pray for our hearts to stay soft, uh, for to you and your leading. And I pray you will help us to seek your presence and your peace above everything else that's in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.